following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. There's been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Contrary to popular belief, we are still doing a podcast. It's, it's been a while. Just a matter of when and where we can actually sit down yeah. with each other's schedules and put some thoughts together. And I had a lot of stuff going on the last few weeks, man. Oh, a lot man. of a lot of baseball for you. I'm pooped. I didn't I didn't expect three weeks of postseason baseball. I really didn't. Well, when you said this morning on your commentary that you did 20 baseball games, yeah. and I was like, well, you did. Like six Milton games in two and a half weeks, yes. so yep. it added up real quick. Yeah, I put I, I originally put 15 games on the regular season schedule. One got canceled because of weather, and then we ditched one to do the Craig Parker softball game. Um, and then you added up postseason, you know, we did um, three regional games between Parker, Craig, and Milton, two sectional games for Milton, and three state games for Milton, yeah. so... yeah. I didn't. I didn't really expect that much, but hey, that's it was. Oh man! If you have to work a little more, there was certainly a payoff. What a great ride! I mean, honestly, and and you were texting me all through through the tournament and and even up through the end. And I was just talking to to somebody today, today um, um, Miltonian, who I hadn't talked to, to about the tournament, and he was kind of reliving things too. And and you know, ever how everybody was so confused at the end of that end of that championship game about what happened with the not touching first and how the Fox Sports guys didn't or the Bally's guys didn't really know what was happening. We didn't know what was happening. And uh it you know it really stunk because it took all the luster off of it did. Of of the finish. I mean, granted, a a a walk off walk. walk is never an exciting call. No. But still it's a state title. But at least you have something smooth. You yeah. can transition. Here comes the run and the celebration is on and Wait, everybody, hold everything. Yeah, that really. I felt. I no. felt. I felt for you, man. That that sucked. Well, somebody asked me today in the studio, like, did you practice? Like, what you're going to say? I'm like, you can't really do that if uh-huh. you don't know how the game's going right. to end. Like, what if? Sure, you could. You you've practiced your walk off home run call. You probably haven't practiced your walk off right. walk call. No, <laughs> and it's like you have to alter how exciting it is because even though you win a state title, is a walk off double to the gap or a walk off bomb to center as exciting as a walk off walk? Probably not. I mean, I know yeah. it's a state title, but you know, you have different ways that you can do that stuff, and and then you're trying to sort everything out, and then all of a sudden, coaches shake hands and every game's over. Umps walk off, yeah. and I guess that's it. Yeah. And we start the celebration. Yay! Yeah. So that I felt it's unfortunate for you because I mean, in a I mean, in a broadcasting career, you're only going to have how count, many count on one hand an opportunity to call that. That's what I mean. And then for the kids that want to, and their parents that want to go listen to back, there's nothing, and it's not, it's nobody's fault. It's not your fault or the Bally's announcer's fault, Brainerd and those guys. But it just, yeah, the way it ended, that that kind of, kind of was like a, a lot of air out of the balloon, and then you had to blow the balloon back up, and then do it all over again. Right. So. And then Milam had to cut in during our post game. Just jeez, <laughs> I'm like, he. Well, first he called you Jeff. He always does. Yeah. So 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 I was prepared yeah, for that. He called you Jeff, and I'm but, like, wow. Like Sparky's text to me, she's like, Milam wants to jump in, and I just kind of went, why? I, I don't know. 
You know, so like, I just let him do his thing. And Bear was just why do you got to step on this? What do you think, Stan? Yeah. You know, one of those deals. And but you know, whatever. I mean, it's a great place to call the game. It's it's one of my favorite things to do. And I and I told people it's like I've called state championship games for my old company at Camp Randall for like the Division Five football. Uh, but it's two programs I've never seen before. I don't give a shit who wins. It's a lot different when it's a program you follow. Coaches you know, players, families you know. Yeah. Like, I've known Chris Campbell's to the point when he was in seventh grade and, you know, he was a student of my mom's. Right. Now he's got a kid on the team, you know. So it's like I've known him forever. I, You know, I know Tom Jones. I've been playing softball. His freshman kid pitched phenomenally, yeah. you know, this season. So it's like it, it's way different when you're invested in something that, that you've been following. And granted, we didn't follow Milton all season. We saw him twice against Craig and Parker, and then we jumped on for the playoffs, but it's like to ride that out and just like, man, this is, this is pretty intense. You know, it gets pretty heavy. It gets pretty emotional, you know, that kind of thing. And then, and then to have it end the way it did, obviously was good, but, but like we, but like we said, it's bad, but they got to figure out something to do on that first Tuesday of the tournament. Good God, not even any weather delays. And we finish up at 1230 AM. Yeah, I, that's, I don't know what else they, you can do, but not that. Well, it has, they got to do. Yeah. They, that and the, um, the, the pitch count, the way they do that yes. with the pitching at the state tournament is it, it hurts the tournament because it hurts the product. Yeah. By the time you get to the championship round, you're at best on your third guy, but most likely you're down the line because you got to win the first two games and you're, you're just not seeing teams at their best. And no. that certainly showed up, take nothing away from Milton because they were awesome in the, in the whole tournament, especially the championship game. But the kid pitching for Bayport wasn't a pitcher. And he, he barely got out of the first inning. He couldn't get out of the second. Then the next guy they brought in, he hadn't pitched since, like, the third game of the year. Like, and he's in the state title game. That's that's rough. I felt bad. Bear felt bad. It's like, you got some of these guys who's like, have you pitched before? Yeah. It didn't even seem like it. Are you just rolling up dudes? But they burned through their top three well, arms. And, and you felt bad for the kid for Bayport that yes! started because they Left you, him you, in. Well, they, you, and they had to leave him in because they had nobody else. They knew it. They knew it. They were just hoping that maybe he could right the ship and maybe, you know, Bayport could score, but. They just kept hammering him. Yeah. It, I mean, I, you know, it was awesome, but I felt bad, you know, and, and, and they probably got a little PTSD from last year. They were in the state title game against some prairie and they got beat. Then Milton hangs a six spot on and it's like, oh, shit. Well, and you people sometimes forget, like, you get into these one game scenarios in tournament, whatever sport it is, and when you get down early, the collar gets tight. It does. You you start to kind of press a little bit, and you know, and then what usually ends up happening is you just dig a bigger hole, you know, and that's kind of what they did. And, and Milton did a great job of taking advantage. And I mean, listen, I, I, Keelan, whether he's the best player in the state, he's one of them. Um, you know, Jack Campion. Very, very good athlete. All around. Um, you know, but I never would have thought that this team would have gone farther than their basketball team. No. I didn't would've... think their basketball team was maybe going to, like, win state or anything. Was but it a had, final or a semifinal? They got to a semifinal. Se- semifinal, okay. A sectional semifinal loss. So, um, but, you know, they, they had a heck of a year up in Milton. They had a real good boys basketball team. Obviously, the boys baseball won state. The girls softball Made went to state. state. Yep. So, 
you know, they got some good things going on up yeah, there. Yeah, no, it was it, it was really good. It was good getting to know Coach Agnew and and the people that I mean, I took the girls to the fire engine deal and escorting them to the to the school where they had like the reception and the fanfare and all that stuff. So many people turned out. It was and that's that's cool. That's like reminiscent of when you know they rode the fire trucks in town down Milton Avenue to you know either the schools for state championships mm-hmm. and all that stuff. It's like that's why I love high school sports, and it you don't get like you said you don't get to see that stuff Mm-mm. you know pretty much ever. And I was just thinking like Al's career, you know he probably saw Craig win a couple state baseball championships. He didn't he didn't call baseball. He saw Parker girls win a handful of state championships. Mm-hmm. You know we went to state for 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 the Craig boys a couple of times, but never got to call stuff. But it's like actual championships. People can work at my job in some of these towns, never see it, never sniff it, yeah, ever. So it's like the fact that I got to call a state championship within the first seven years of doing this, I feel pretty lucky. Yeah, because of how cool that is. Well, I was ha- I was happy for you and John. Thanks. I was glad you guys got to got to experience that. And you know, John's a big baseball guy, and mm-hmm. you know, I know Milton's not Janesville, but it it pretty much be. it pretty much is because a lot of the people that live there, yeah, either they're from Janesville or they you know live in Janesville and send their kids to Milton. So. Um, I listened to pretty much all three games. The only, I had to bow out. I know you about, about you know about quarter to twelve that that uh, Tuesday night for the the semifinal game. It You're was like, four it was, lead, yeah, it was like eight to four in the in the fifth, and I'm like, all right, dude, I'm out. I can't <laughs> handle it. I got to work. <laughs> it was good. It was good though. It was a long week, but it was a great week, and uh, I'm, I'm I'm trying to get a couple of balls signed by the team for the coach for the girls. Um, because they're you know they're Milton, and and you could tell hey, having uh, Gavin Keelan. Signed baseball might come in handy down oh, the line. You never kid. know. You never, never know. know. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's not, now we get a two-month break, and, and football starts on uh, August 19th, I think, with Parker and Burlington. So that's, so that's where we're going to so, be. So that's two months. Two months. So we're basically four and a half months from basketball season. <laughs> To where we start our fifty game track. No, that, we're we're doing through doing fewer games this year. <laughs> fewer games this year. That's that's one thing that we you and I are going to sit down and when we hash out the schedule, can we not do this game? Yeah. That's going to be the first question. Sorry, Bradison, we're not going to Milwaukee Tech on a Tuesday in December. It ain't happening, my friend. <laughs> So with that, we are back on the intentional foul. Uh, sorry that we've been gone. Maybe you missed us. Maybe we. Maybe you didn't. But a lot has happened uh, in the last what four or five weeks since we've done an episode. Um, we we ran through pretty much all the NFL offseason, you know, mandatory mini camps and OTAs and all that stuff. Um, yeah, I. I mean, I, I, well, tra- what's, what's the next round that that's getting going next training though? camp, training camp, everything's and, over and, and that's July, right? Jul- end of July. Okay. Yep. Everything's over. Packers broke late last week. They had two weeks of OTAs and then mini camp and then a third week. And then LaFleur sent them off in the different directions. So I, and I think the bears just wrapped up their mandatory mini camp last week. So I think they're done too. Um, so yeah. And, and now we're just getting, you know, Badger College recruit news and stuff like that for people committed. They just got a guy from Hawaii, which I don't know how you want to be in Madison in the winter when you grow up in Hawaii. I don't know, man. That's a great sell job. Yeah, whoever, right? whoever those pitch people are, that's outstanding. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, um, I, I guess we could start with football, some of the stuff that's that, that, that that's happened. You kind of knew Rodgers was going to sign some sort of a deal or – Say that he's going to retire a Packer. It's going to be another what two seasons, maybe. 
For life. For life too sweet. <laughs> Cue the wolf pack music. I don't know. It's it, yeah, it's I mean, fine. I, it is what I, well, it is. Well, and I think he, he he said it. Yeah. So that's kind of why it, it became newsworthy that he's going to be a Packer for life. And, I, you know, again, we've we've kind of beaten that horse to death of, you know, how long is it going to be? We don't know. But oh. I tell you what, I th- when I saw this, I thought, and I feel bad for Jordan Love. That complicates like if, that if, if I'm him, if I'm more. him, and yep. I'm his agent, I'm I'm talking to the team about maybe let's figure something out here because to ask Jordan Love to come in and sit for his potentially, whole rookie contract potentially five yes. years that's not fair. It's not you know that's not fair. How many years of a wasted career, whether you're ready or not? I mean, yeah, you know, most guys he he, he at least because it, because here he has no shot. Most to first win the job. Most first round quarterbacks in his position have already been anointed the starter, and you at least have a chance to win the job. He has no chance to win the job. No, there's no competition. Rodgers is the starter until he decides he's not playing football anymore. That's it. So I, that'll be kind of interesting to see how that plays out. Now, I mean, obviously, if I'm the Packers, I'm not trading him. I'm not paying him much, and we've he's, my, he's my insurance, and yep. we've we've got yeah, we've got some equity in him now. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, we're not gonna we're not gonna train him and trade him. But I mean, do you? I mean, I don't know what his his fifth year option is. I don't even know whether they're gonna pick it. I mean, he's not he's not there yet. But if they pick it up, how much is that gonna cost to have him again sit and do nothing? I guess you would have to hope. As the team at that point, that's one of those ones where, like, you see him every day, you should know by now. Should. It was like, you know, it goes back to the Rodgers Favre thing. It's like the reason they were comfortable with that is because they had been watching this dude and they're like, oh, yeah, 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 he's he's ready. Are they comfortable right now when they keep extending Rodgers' no. deal for Doesn't seem like long? It. And the dude is getting every first-team offseason practice rep possible mm-hmm. i mean all these otas all these voluntary things like he's he's the guy running the offense and you're not comfortable with letting rogers go right now or, or are you just afraid of a pr fiasco because he had to deal with that last time yeah i don't know i don't know i don't know um the bears shipped akeem or they uh they lost him got rid of akeem hicks yeah. let him go elsewhere going to tampa he's now with the bucks boy that that really improves their defense. I mean, he's that's not the, the problem with Akeem Hicks is he only plays about nine or ten games because he always is is hurt. But he's really, really good when he plays, and uh, that certainly helps Tampa's Tampa's D line. I did find it funny Akeem Hicks taking a few shots on his way out the door though in his Tampa press conference. Um, he, he said something to the effect of, um, "You know, when I was in New England." Um, I had a guy on the other side of the ball that knew what he was doing. Then I went to Chicago, and now I'm in Tampa Bay, (laughs) and I got a guy on the other side of the ball that knows what he's doing. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty funny. I mean, look. That's harsh. Truth is truth. Sometimes the truth hurts, but sometimes it's funny. Man. Um, But, yeah, you consider, I mean, he went through, what, the Cutler-Trubisky-Fields era. Yeah. That's an ugly era to go through for, I mean, really, in Bears history, it's not. 
it's actually one of the better right, eras. That's sad but when it's actually good. There's good years right, in there. Right. But yeah. So uh, what about uh, what about Robert Quinn skipping because of contract trade rumors well, and wanting a new deal? And he just set the franchise record for sacks last year. Look, I get. I totally get both sides. The Bears want him around because they got a young team and they need. They want a, a good vet to lead their defense and kind of show everybody the ropes. Totally understand that. You got a new guy, new coach, defensive coach. Obviously, Eberflus believes Quinn fits his system. Um, but from Robert Quinn's perspective, he's like, dude, I'm 32. We're going to suck. We're in a rebuild. I want to go win. I want to go win. I want to go play for somebody that has a chance to contend. And like you said, Poles has not talked glowingly of the roster. So if you're going to get some capital for him and you're in no danger of winning eight games this year, why not go get something? And and this is that thing that, you know, in, in pro sports that sometimes I'm not a fan of tanking, but I am a fan of knowing when you're not good enough. There's a there, to me. There's a huge difference. Self awareness, you know, it's and not, and sometimes, yeah, sometimes these teams, especially a a, a young first time GM, may want to prove that, like, yeah, I can, I can be the one to turn this around. Or you'd probably be better served to like let's just tear out tear the living room out, let's rebuild this, remodel this. You know, nobody's living in the house this year anyway. We're fine. Nobody expects anything. You flip it. You know, let's just, let's rebuild it. Sure. But I don't know. Um, and he makes a lot of money. So I maybe there's a cap hit in there that's, that's, dead, dead cap that's money, yeah. bad for the Bears. And they don't want to do it. I, I'm, I'm not too into the weeds with that stuff. But as a fan, if you can get a couple of, you know, uh, maybe a mid and a late round pick for him or something and may, maybe a player. I, I would be all about it. You're, you're fine with that? Yeah. Okay. I haven't paid a lot of attention to the Deshaun Watson story. All I know is that I, I read headlines, and it seems to be getting worse before it gets – it hasn't gotten better at all, and it just keeps getting worse. Yeah. Uh, other than the fact that Cleveland has him, and I, I don't I don't really understand why. It's, it's, it's getting very weird. So, like, there's no criminal charges against him. No, it's all civil. It's all civil. And then um, a writer for SI wrote an article and uncovered that I think I think it's been told to the public that there was like 40 women. There's actually 66 women that are involved in this. And it's really like I'm not going to get into like what he allegedly did and didn't do. It's very, very weird. Um, some some I mean, listen, it's messed up. One, th- one thing is you get older. Is you find out people people got some weird ass sexual fantasies, bro. Like people do some weird shit. <laughs> like when you're when you're young and you watch like a Jerry Springer and you see some of the stuff that goes on, you're like, what? That's not real life. No, it's real life, man. <laughs> people do some weird shit. But it's 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 so bizarre just from the football part of it. Yes. Why, like the amount of stuff. Cleveland gave up to get him. Lot number one. Number two, having already had a guy. Sure, exactly. Even though you don't want him, but you got him. But I mean, he he does. Okay. Yeah. Number two, you then pay him like the most guaranteed money ever, an obscene amount of money. Right. Yes. For a guy who has been good enough to get a team to the playoffs, but he's never won a playoff game. And oh, by the way. 
He didn't play football last year. Number three, your fan base is melting down because most people, they don't want this guy's their quarterback. You know, like, I'm not, you know, we've talked about this before, being able to separate the guy from the player. And, like, can you root, you know, could you, there are some people that just never could get over Ryan Braun. Yep. They just couldn't. Yep. Um, I had no problem with it. People make mistakes. You know, nobody else was harmed in this. It wasn't like a, you know, violent crime or something. But, like, with the violent crime stuff or the assault stuff, it's a lot more difficult to separate that stuff. You know, the guy scrambles for a 12-yarder on a third and long against Pittsburgh. Does the crowd go wild? Is it, like, how do you feel about that when you're watching that as a Browns fan? And it sounds like from everything I'm hearing and reading, that's not going over well. So I don't know what the hell Cleveland does. And it's just weird because Cleveland has been a organization the last five years that I think most people would say has been one of the better ones, one of the smarter ones. But this move is just bizarre. Like they immediately at the at the end of the or at the start of the offseason, they started to rebuild, you know, the, the last couple of years, they started to rebuild the lines. You know, they, they've, they've invested money in key positions where it matters, even though it might not have been flashy. But they, they solidified everything so that they could get guys, young position players in the draft that could help them, and so that they were all ready to make a run when it mattered. And now, all of a sudden, you're like, well, our quarterback's not that good. Let's go do this. And then you, you essentially, like you said, then you take a different room in the house and you blow that up. And remodel that. It's like I'm not sure that we needed to do that. No. And and to top it all off, the contractor that we hired has in some legal shit, right? To rebuild a, our our house. And he's trying to bang my my stepdaughter. You know, like like seriously, <laughs> like people should go read like some of this stuff. Like, oh man, it's fucking weird. Yeah, I've I've, like, I've seen a couple things. It's one of those things where my my first thought is like, is this like when he was drafted, like. Psych profile. Like, what, what? Where does this stuff get missed? Right. Like, was there any? Was there any weird shit at, in in college when he was at Clemson? Or, or maybe is, he just it, gets to the pros, well, gets all this maybe, money, maybe. And I then don't all know. Of a sudden, it's like I'm Deshaun Watson. I can go do this stuff. It's I don't it's know. Weird. I don't know. Um, quickly, uh, some announcing stuff. Drew Brees. Uh, nice, One and done. Nice to see you at NBC. Did he go to Duke? I'm One out. and done. Yeah, I, right. He was pretty awful. I, I wasn't particularly I, well, a fan. Like, that's the thing with some of these guys that they try to bring off. Like, the NBA has been really lucky, and ESPN has been really lucky because they've had some guys like Richard Jefferson and uh, Kendrick Perkins, who's, you know, not great, but he's all right. I think Draymond Green will be able to do it when he's done. They can just walk off the floor and, and do this. Romo's a good example for football, yep. but it's kind of rare for football, especially with some of these quarterbacks. You know, like you could just tell that Drew Brees didn't want to say anything bad about anybody. He didn't want to criticize anybody. It's part of the job, though. Well, right, but it's like you're too, you're almost too close. You know, like Barkley and those guys. Barkley might yeah, be he, he might be a little too far removed now, honestly, because he hasn't been in the NBA for twenty years. It's like two generations. Same thing with like Terry Bradshaw. It's like Terry Bradshaw hasn't played football since like nineteen eighty five. It's two thousand and twenty two. Right. Like you know what I mean, but. I don't know. I think uh, I think NBC is going to be better off for for Drew and his giant mole to I, go home. I, 
Come on, he had most of that removed. Stop it. Remember that thing in college? Oh, it was enormous. It looked like somebody took a big old stink finger and... Yeah. That's awful. Yeah. Wow, you've got four weeks, five weeks. I got of a lot of stuff. Pent up material yep. here. Yep. Uh, I don't even know who the broadcast teams are. I had to look this up. So I don't even know who's on it. it. Like the most free agent movement in the NFL this Buck year has Aikman. actually been no, it's actually been the announcers oh, more for than sure. the players. Yes. yes. So yeah, Buck and Aikman are not at Fox anymore. They are now on Monday Night Football. Nope. Is that still on ESPN? Yes. Is that okay? Yes. Okay. Yes. Sunday Night Football is now Tariko and Collinsworth. Al Michaels is gone, which uh, which is fine. Tariko, I think, is he's okay. Is one of the most he's sol- not he's not my favorite guy, but he but, but he's solid. He's okay. Yep. Um, Fox, their number one team now is going to be Kevin Burkhart, who's pretty good, and Greg Olson, who kind of, he's done some games when he was hurt over the last couple years, and he was pretty good. I like him. Yeah. I know Michael, because Michael does not. Okay. I I really like what he brings to the table. I thought he was fine. I thought he was good. You know, he was a hell of a lot better than Jason Witten. Yes. Um... Nance and Romo are still number one at CBS, and then and they're fine. And and Michaels now moves to Amazon. Yes, with Kirk Herbstreit. And that's the Thursday night. Is Herbstreit still doing yes. college with the ESPN? Nothing now? has changed. Okay, no, right. nothing has changed in his role there. Okay, so he's going to fly right from whatever stadium to wherever they are on Saturday. Because listen, I know Al Michaels isn't. He's not bringing the Nolan Ryan mid nineties anymore. He's he's topping out around ninety. But it's kind of like Marv with with the NBA at the end, where it's like, yeah, it's not it's not as good, but like, there's something about hearing Al Michaels call a football game. It's a it, comfort. It takes me back to like sure. 1988 yep. watching the Niners on 40 or on uh, Monday Night Football with Dan Deerdorf. And same thing with Marv. You know, it's like God, I, I I just feel like I'm watching a Jordan game every time I hear Marv. So. Mm-hmm. That'll be a little weird. It will but. be, um, but I think Herb Street when he's gotten those opportunities because they they usually pull them in when when they do those like Monday night double headers, and and I think he's usually part of that. And and I've always thought he does a good job, you know. Um, I, well, it's funny too because you'll get the people that go, "Oh, he's a college guy." How can it's like well, ex- he's seen all these guys? What are you talking about? It's football. It's football. It's, it, you, you think the I mean, and I get the college game is different than the pro game, but do you think a quarterback who has experience of watching all these guys can't figure it out? And do you can't think adjust? if Do you think if you and I sat down that you and I couldn't call a buck game? I'm not saying it would be good, <laughs> but you, you're telling me that we couldn't do it. Of course we could. Of course we could. I mean, come on. We should. It's move. not that. It's not. We're not building rockets here and sending them to the moon. We're calling a game. You and I should be calling state games on Bally's you know. at the very least. Well, yeah, as those, of right those guys now. are a little rough. I don't know who the guy with Brainerd was. Bill Brophy, come on. I don't know who that is. Is he a coach? I couldn't tell you what his past accomplishments are. Got a big are. fucking head, I tell you that. <laughs> not wearing a lot of hats. Not No fitted hats for that guy. No, Everything's adjustable. <laughs> no fitted hats None. for that guy. None. Oh, my God, that's great. All right, anything else in the NFL? No, I think that and there's not much going on, like you said. No, so it's, it's kind of now until training camp. Now I kind of got to start thinking about fantasy football and, Ugh. you know. All right. That, that good stuff. NBA playoffs got over uh, while we were uh, on our little sabbatical. Golden State won the title. Uh, Steph Curry won the finals MVP. I regret to inform you I watched maybe 10 minutes of the entire series. 
Um, I don't even know if I texted you one game or not, but I love the fact that it was tied up at two apiece and they had made the exact same amount of three-pointers per team mm-hmm. when, when it was tied up at 2-2. Seemed fairly even, and then Golden State just put them away. Yeah, this is probably the least amount of finals I've watched a very probably since, like, college. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I just I, – I, I really don't like watching Boston. Okay. And, I, you know, I just kind of had a little basketball burnout here after the Bucks. I just kind of have sporadically watched. But, mm-hmm. um, That's okay. You know, Steph finally wins the finals MVP, which was kind of the last thing on his resume that he, he really hadn't done. Which game was it where he went over? Was it game five? Yes, and they still won. Yes. Yep, but, at home. But he was like 0 he for went, 9 he went, or something? He went ballistic in game four. Okay. When they were uh, – Boston was up 2-1 – and in the garden, Steph went nuts. He had 40-something. And then, yeah, game five, he couldn't make anything. In game six, he wasn't great, but he was still the best in the series. Although Andrew Wiggins was excellent the entire series. And, you know, it's funny when you look at Golden State. So you got Wiggins, who was the number one pick in the draft. Uh, Steph Curry, who was like the number eight pick in the draft. Clay Thompson, who was the number 10 pick in the draft. Andre Iguodala, even though he didn't play much, was a top 10 pick. They had like Jesus. six lottery picks on their team. And same thing with Boston. Horford, Tatum, Brown, and Smart, all four of those guys were picked in the top six in their respective drafts. So they panned out. <laughs> I'd say. Um, I, it just, you know. Neither one of these teams were great teams. There really was no great team in the NBA this year. I think I think the last couple of years, starting with the COVID year, going into the bubble, into the condensed season last year, into the short off season, and then you got this year, I think it really just caught up to some of these teams at the end. And I think the Bucks were one of them. Uh, but this just wasn't a great series. You know, it was okay. But, you know, as... Everybody wants to do in basketball specifically. Everybody likes to rank stuff. And, you know, this has kind of fallen into the Warriors now have won their fourth title in eight years. Seventh overall. Yep. Um, The question is, is this a dynasty? Four and eight? So it kind of got me thinking, and and I was going to do a bunch of research, but I didn't. Because I just had other things to do. That's I'm fine. sorry. That's okay. I'm not judging. But, like, what is a dynasty? Like, what what is it? And and is it different? I think it's different in each sport. I think a dynasty in the NBA is different than baseball, than different than football. Right? Yes. Because football, you would, I would say, I would be much more okay with a shorter time frame for the dynasty because you just can't have a 10-year run where you just win every year in football. Oh, God, just, no. You can't no. do it. So you like, you know, obviously the old Packers. Yes. Eh. Yes, know, yes, like correct. The, early, early on. The yep. 70s Steelers. Yep. yep. But even like I was thinking like the 80s Niners. Like so they win in 81 and then they win again in 90. Yeah, that's too far. So you had four in nine years. No, that's that's too far, you I know, think. But Cowboys, Cowboys three in four years. Yep. Cowboys would qualify, I feel like. Um, And then, and then the, the three in four years – Patriots, yep. early Brady, and then what they did kind of at the end of Brady maybe is like a little mini dynasty. But I don't know. In basketball, four out of eight, it's, you know, the Spurs won five in 15 years during the Duncan era. The Lakers won five in, I think, 10 years in the Kobe era. 
Jordan six and eight, and then obviously the old Celtics. Magic's Lakers won five in the eighties, but it was over a nine year span. But I think I would consider that a dynasty because in three of the four other years they were in the finals. Okay. But I don't know. What do you I mean, you think four out of eight? Is that four out of eight and you're in you the win, and you're in the finals six times. You win fifty percent and you're in seventy five, I would say that probably qualifies. I think so. I think so too. I think it does. I don't love it, but I think I think it has to qualify. So I I would agree. I don't I'm looking up the past college football champions just to see because there's a smattering of different, well, Alabama. Of different stuff. But it's like so Alabama in 2020, 2017, 2015, um, 2012, 2011, and 2009. So from 2009 to through 2020, they had one, two, three, four, five. Five over and they're in, 11 years. And they're in the final four every year. Probably. Right. They're in the final four every year. I think that probably year. qualifies. Yeah. You know? Do you have, I mean, Nebraska was back-to-back champs, and then they waited a year, and then they split with Michigan. That probably qualifies back in the mid-90s. Um, I'm not really seeing a whole lot else here. Like early 90s Duke basketball. They went to like six straight Final Fours and won two of them. Mm-hmm. I think that qualifies. Okay. You know. Fair. Can, can, you ha- can you be a dynasty and not win a title? I don't think you can. I think you don't. Don't you need a championship? I don't know. I, I somewhere I, in there. I kept. I kept going back to the Bills. Bills. I mean, that's the only thing I can the, think well, the, of. The, three, the, three straight. The Bills and the '90s Braves. Okay. Yeah. So, like, you have you have a really long, prolonged run of greatness, and you're also making the championship multiple times. But in the Bills' case, you don't win, and in the Braves' case, you only win one. Now, granted, you're winning your conference four in a row if you're the Bills. You're winning your division. You're winning your conference. The Braves won the NL East like, what, well, 15 thanks. years in a row? I mean, can you call a, a, a division title or, well, or or a pennant or I, l- like if I you mean, win that? Does the sport matter? You know? I don't know. I, I just think it's that's an interesting topic. I mean, are we still in a Packers dynasty if they've won the division how many years out of the last three Three NFC title games in a row. Well, but no title. But no title. But I would say no to that because you didn't get, get to the, the championship. Right. At least the Bills didn't make got an there. They just never were able to seal the deal. It's an I interesting feel like question. You need one. I think just. I just feel like you yeah. need one. Okay, that's fair. I, I, that's, that's fair. That, that that's just my thought. Right. Um. <clears throat> so, obviously, you move past the dynasty, then it becomes. Where does Steph Curry rank historically? Where is he on your on your? Didn't you do a top? 50 or something like that? Well, because... Where's he at? Because all of this has happened with Steph winning the title, and I was kind of waiting until the finals were over to decide whether or not I was going to do this, but I think I'm going to do it. (laughs) And it's going to take me a while. It's going to be a little bit like the uh, bracket I put out, remember, for the NCAA tournament. Um, But I'm going to try to do my top 40 of the last 40. Okay. Because I've gotten to the point now where... I don't think it's fair, and I don't, and frankly, I don't think I'm qualified to give my opinion on Oscar Robertson and Jerry West. I never saw them play. I never lived through the moments, so I don't really think I can compare them to Allen Iverson and Steph Curry. I just don't think I can do it. So I'm going to just be forty. I'm forty-one. I'm going to do from 1981 through, and guys that I personally got to see. So you know, 
if a guy retired in 1982 and he was great, he doesn't make the list. Fair. You, know, you, you, you had to have played into you, the into the 80s. You missed somewhat. his twilight, right? Yeah. So I'm going to do that. It's going to take me some time, but I'm going to do that. Um, but Steph being in the top ten all time, not for me. Okay. I can already tell you that. Not for me. Not yet. Um, if he if he goes and wins another title and makes two more finals, he certainly could be. But not yet. Because when you start looking at some of the guys at the tippy top, like you got to start picking some of these nits. It gets right? tight. It, it does. Yeah. And that's why like all the LeBron people that whine about Jordan fans say, well, you know what you're talking about? It's like, well, that's when you're talking about who's the best of the best of the best. That's what you got to do. Um, so that's what I hope to do. I did the only the only part of the finals that I really I'm not going to say was interested in, but I found, and it's not even fascinating, more like annoying, was the fact that it seemed like there was a lot of bitching about flopping and whining about fouls. Mm-hmm. It seemed like it was rather constant, and 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 in the times that I did watch, really up and down the floor, there wasn't probably more than a two minute span where somebody like. Somebody did something, maybe, maybe not got fouled, but then virtually stopped playing when they went the other way so that they could bitch at the official before they went back up the floor. Yeah. Yeah. It, it That turns me as a, as a less than average basketball fan, that turns me completely off. It's the worst part of the NBA product. No doubt about it. Uh, kind of similar to like the poor officiating in football is the worst part about the NFL, how they just constantly wreck games um the whining and the flopping from from nba players is they got to do something i don't know who it was somebody was out on on top up on the high right for the warriors and celtic defender i don't even know who it was i just watched the clip and i just shook my head and then kept scrolling but there they had the ball and they went up oh high. yeah it was looney against smart and the it could have no, been it was looney against grant williams that's what it was i mean the the elbow to face was probably from you to me away. Mm-hmm. And he went down like he had just gotten KO'd by Mike Tyson. And I was just like, yeah. And, 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 and we've talked about this during the basketball season. There needs to be some sort of an off season. Um, point made with officials and the league. You can't do this shit anymore. You, you need to get penalized. You need to get, you know, technical, you need to do something. There's no place for that. No. I mean, the only place that I really see that kind of shit is soccer. Yep. When people act like they've been shot and they take a couple of minutes to get up and then they're fine to run back down the entire entire pitch. But it's like, come on. You know, guys in the front row are looking at, and they just kind of like looked at each other like, what? Yeah. Come on. It's, it's the worst part of the product. And... Unfortunately, the two teams that ended up in the finals were the two biggest, offenders. Uh, most egregious offenders of doing this. All right. Golden State, especially with Draymond Green, is is intolerable. <laughs> Steph Curry constantly looking at the officials. With Boston, you had all the flopping with Smart and uh, and Williams. And Jason Tatum just constantly whining, constantly not running back on D. I, in, in a lot of ways, it's shocking that Boston even made it that far doing that shit. Uh, but basically, they got very lucky with some injuries, and then they made a million threes. Um, 
But yeah, they they got to come up with it. I mean, and and that's another thing where it's like it just makes watching Giannis even that much better. He just doesn't do that shit. He doesn't flop. He gets fouled every time down the floor. Once in a while, he'll he, throw his hands up. He gets pissy. Once in a while, he may go talk to a referee. But he never pulls the kind of shit that guys like Tatum were pulling in this series. And I think the NBA's got to take a hard look at that. And I don't know whether there has to be actual fines to players when they pull that stuff. And I and I think for the integrity of the sport, and we've talked about it a lot with baseball too, when these referees and umpires repeatedly fall for this stuff, they have to be called out. And the reprimand of whatever it is has to be public, whether they're suspended, fined, whatever. But there has to be some real repercussions for these guys or it's never going to change. Because if you go back and you watch, oh, I don't know, watch game three of the 1991 NBA Finals, shit don't go on. The game moves so much faster. The referees are not, they're just not dealing with it. Everybody on the floor knows these men are not going to deal with your bullshit. You might be able to say a couple things. You say a third thing, you're getting a tee. And then they, and then everybody relaxes and they play. Now it just never ends. It's just the whole game. Draymond Green will do something ridiculous in the first quarter and get a technical foul. Then basically dare the referee for the next 36-plus minutes of basketball. Me throw me out. I dare you to throw me out. It's the playoffs. You ain't going to throw me out. I'm Draymond Green. I'm on the Warriors. You ain't going to throw me out. And they never throw him out. And he gets away with murder. See, I'd, that that would not affect me. I, it would more like, I gave you one. You want me to give you the other one? Because I will yeah. right now. Well, you know, but instead it's... it's they don't want to throw out stars the in the playoffs. Way. That's the thing. And the stars know it. So... All right, what else you want to talk about for uh, um, some NBA stuff? Tatum's going to take some shit, and rightfully so. He came up pretty small in the finals, okay. especially the last couple games. And, you know, he made first-team All-NBA this year, which means you're a top-five guy. And there were moments that he was a top-five guy. He was phenomenal at times in the Bucks series and, and in Miami series as well. Did not have a good finals. But he's 24. Feels like he's 34, but he's only 24. Um. There's some other stuff, you know, they've talked to, they're talking about possibly shortening the season. Um, a lot of retired NBA players have come out and strongly voiced opposition towards that. I don't think that's going to happen, at least not in the near term. Um, Darvin Ham, yes. Bucks assistant. Good for him. Got the head coaching job with the Lakers. And LeBron is apparently happy about this. Good for you. Have fun in that shitstorm because it's going to be one. <laughs> You got LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook on that team as of today. That may not be may not all be there on opening night, but as of today, that's <laughs> that's your team. And you got that LA pressure. So I like right. Darvin. I okay. wish him I wish him well, I wish him as much luck as I would wish a guy coaching LeBron. Right. Yeah. But have, I also don't have, but I also don't want to have him be the guy every morning that they're ragging on because the Lakers are nine and fourteen. Right. That's fair. You know? That's fair. And then um, this Thursday, we got the draft. I didn't even know it was coming up this fast. The wow. The finals ends. They have the draft. A week later, Summer League starts. It's crazy, Holy man. There, there is no offseason anymore in these sports. 
Summer League doesn't last that long, does it? Through basically the end of July. Okay. So the, the NBA players... It's about a month. Yeah, month, they month get a month and a half, half yeah. two months off okay. maybe. That's the most. Wow. Yeah. How, how, how do you get recovered by then? That's crazy. Okay. Yeah. So I, I've been looking at some mock drafts okay. this week or today and yesterday. Um, the top three are kind of a consensus. It's just the order's not sure. You got Jabari Smith from Auburn, Chet Holmgren from Gonzaga, and Paulo Bancaro from Duke. Those are going to be the top three. Not sure on the order. Most of the mocks I've seen have Jaden Ivey from Purdue going four, which I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be a better pro than a college player. Actually, yep. he's a ridiculous athlete. I've been seeing at five more than I would have thought. Keegan Murray, Murray from Iowa. That's too high for me. I, I, I he only had one year in college. It's a little like Johnny Davis, but he's nowhere near the athlete Johnny Davis is. But he only had one good year in college. So to be a top five pick, that that's that's a little risky. Johnny Davis, uh, right now I'm seeing him anywhere from ten to fifteen. Oh, okay. So he's falling out of the top ten. Okay. Um, and a lot of times, what happens with with that? You know, you're looking in the regular season during the college season at all these mocks, and it's these, you know, the guys that are playing well from the big schools. But what they kind of forget sometimes is some of these international guys that teams like, but maybe the mock drafter doesn't like as much. So a couple of those guys have knocked him down. Um, but I've, I've seen him several times, I, I believe, going 12 to the Wizards, which would be an interesting fit for him. So we'll see. Bucks are kind of all over the board. They have the 24th pick. Uh, they lost their second round pick this year because of the uh, Bogdanovich thing last year. Yeah, right. The NBA that, took that, that pick, which is bullshit. <laughs> but the Bucks need to draft somebody that can play right now. They need somebody on a cheap contract who's young and athletic who can play right now. Um, you know, they they could um, depending on what they do with Javon Carter and free agency, they could use a backup point. Um, depending on what happens with. Wes Matthews, they definitely need a backup two behind Grayson Allen. The wing spot is where they got burned, though, against the Celtics. And granted, you're going to have Middleton back, so that fills a huge hole. But they still need a little bit more athleticism and depth there. I mean, Pat Connaughton is a really good athlete, but it's different on a basketball floor. So they need somebody a little bit with a little bit more athleticism, a little fresher legs. You know, if they went big, I wouldn't hate it. Lopez is in the last year of his deal. Sounds like they're going to bring Portis back, but but Bobby's only six nine, so it's not like he's a monster under the boards like Lopez was blocking shots and stuff. So, I think I think anything's possible with with the Bucks at twenty four. I I wouldn't even completely fall out of the chair if they traded it and and got somebody in return. I think um, you know the twenty fourth pick. And George Hill's $4 million expiring for a player that can come in right now is on the table. But we'll see. But, yeah, it's coming up quick. Well, um, all right. Uh, what did I, I saw? I didn't watch PTI, but I saw they were just over the moon about the potential of Kyrie going to the Lakers. <laughs> Kornheiser just wants to be wants that to happen just for comedic purposes alone. I don't. I might go back and watch the segment. I mean, Wilbon was kind of cracking up about it. I don't know anything else about what's happening. Well, I think the only way that I think everybody thinks that if that happened, it would be for Westbrook. I think it would have to be for Anthony Davis. Because 
Kevin Durant doesn't want to play with Westbrook again. He didn't want to play with him when he was good. He don't want to play with him now. Right. So I, I just I don't think that would happen. I don't see any reason why the Nets would want Westbrook. Um, you know, there's a couple. You know, maybe the Knicks get involved, but you know, are you really going to trade him across town? You know, the Clippers maybe, but. I don't know. I, I think Kyrie will end up back on the Nets. Right. Levine, it sounds like, is going to sign the five-year max with the Bulls. So good good for good for him and good for them for keeping him. Um, you know, they're not a championship team, but like I've said in the past, sometimes you just got to be good for a few years and get your fan base back because the Bulls kind of stunk for about 10 years. And they started out really good in the first half, and yeah, then they, and and then, it, and then they look, tailed off. Look, they're going to be good again next year. He's good. DeRozan's good. Vucevic is good. You're going to get Lonzo Ball back. That There's some good guys in that team. Um, sounds like uh, a guy, though, that could be joining him in Chicago is Rudy Gobert. Because um, I mean, either him or Donovan Mitchell is going to be traded from the Jazz. And Donovan Mitchell is better and younger, so Gobert is going to get traded. And I think the Bulls are a spot he could land. Um, depending on what they do with Vucevic, they need a big. And you're in a, you're in a division and a conference with Kevin Durant, Giannis, Bam Adebayo, Joel Embiid, having seven foot four, four time Defensive Player of the Year Rudy Gobert as your anchor is not a bad idea. So that could be very interesting. Are we going to get to see Zion next year? Is, yeah, like, it sounds like the, it. But the the conundrum is: Is he going to weigh? Are they going to tank? Are they going to give him two hundred fifty million dollars after playing for basically one year? So. That's kind of one to keep your eye on, too. All right. All right, that's uh, a lot of the NBA stuff. We're uh, we're closing in on the hour mark here at about 10 minutes. We'll run through some baseball, do a little bit of golf, um, and uh, and also uh, a little bit of uh, college hoops, just as an aside. Uh, Brewers right now, they start a four-game series tonight as we record this with the Cardinals. Um, they haven't been great since late May yeah. in, like, the last four or five weeks. Um, they've just been kind of playing 500 ish ball that over three against the Phillies is kind of the one that sticks out in my mind because the Phillies are not good. Um, I mean, obviously they beat the shit out of the reds splitting with the Cubs is okay. I mean, I, I, you know, winning against the Cardinals, losing those to the nationals are also bad. So I, I don't know what, what is, yeah, they've had a rough stretch, man. I mean, the red series was the first series they had won since they, uh, won the series at home against the Padres the 23rd of May. So they had seven series in a row they had not won. They had either split the series or lost it. The good part about that is I think as of right now, they've completed over half of their away schedule. Yeah, yeah, so, they play a lot of road games. So yep. so, so they're going to be a very home-heavy team in the second half of the season. No doubt. And, and I mean, 12 and 14 in your last, you know, what, three and a half weeks, four weeks, you're still tied. Mm-hmm. You know, the Cardinals were, they were able to take the lead briefly, um, in the division, but now you're back to tied, and you and like you said, you got the series here uh, this week with four in Milwaukee, and then they got three this weekend against a pretty good Toronto team. That'll be uh, a fun team to watch. Then they go back out on the road. But I mean, you know, the Brewers have dealt with some injuries. Adamus, Adamus was out, Urias was out, Renfro was out. Those guys are now all back. Peralta and Woodruff. Uh, I don't know what's going on with Peralta. He got put on the 60 day retroactive, so I'm not sure. That doesn't sound good. I think Council said they were hoping to have him back for the and good and ready for the playoffs. Yeah, I was like, so that's, that's that's a long time. That's a long time, and and 
you know, some of these other guys the Brewers have have put in his spot and Woodruff's spot have been really spotty. You know, I mean, Alexander's been surprisingly good. Ashby's been up and down. He's now on the IL too. Yep. They, the MRI showed no problems, but he had inflammation. He didn't feel good throwing his throwing his breaking stuff, so they put him on the IL. It's just like Jesus, yep. how many hits are you going to take? They brought Small up for the one appearance. He, you know, he did what you would figure a guy would do in his opener in the major league. So um, Hauser has been extremely erratic. I mean, seriously, whatever the hell, and I've said this before about some of the Brewer pitchers. I, Whatever the hell he's doing pregame, change it. Because <laughs> your first inning is garbage. Seriously, if that guy can get through the first inning, chances are he's going to get through about five or six for you. But these first innings with him, I mean, it is stressful. He's throwing 35 pitches. He's giving up two runs. He's got guys all over the base pass. you got to change something up because <laughs> it ain't working. And I also saw the statistical categories on one of the guys that, that – sends us the uh, the pregame notes for every brewery game. Burns is leading or in the top three or four in like probably half a dozen pitching statistical categories, like all the good ones. In the league, you mean? Yes. Yeah, and he hasn't even pitched that well, I don't think. And he's, his record stinks yeah. because he gets, again, no help. He's had a couple games where he just hasn't been very good. No, that's I mean, true. He didn't have like, that last year. But like you wouldn't be at the top of these. Ca- I mean, if you weren't at right. least having a a pretty darn good season. Yep. But it's again that just showcases the problems with the offense. It does. That, that has been a problem for this team all year. Continues to be that unless they're hitting. Although what was it? I can't remember who they were playing where they put up ten runs and they didn't even have a homer. I was like, wow, okay. Moving guys around the base paths and getting extra base hits and well, doing you, stuff like that. You almost need to throw the Reds games out. You kind of do. Because especially in Cincinnati. Because the Brewers just rake there for whatever reason. But the rest of the league, you know, the Brewers, they hit shitty pitching, man. They don't really hit the good pitching. And, and as I've talked about beating another dead horse, this is what I've been saying, we've been saying for the last couple of years now. I just don't believe they can hit in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, when everybody's good right now, Rowdy Telez is the triple crown winner for the Brewers. He's leading in average. Well, now he's not leading in homers anymore. He was leading in homers Renfro. and he's leading in RBIs. Yeah. Renfro and Adamas Renfro's both have more. Okay. But like, you know, Hunter Renfro is leading the team in homers. Like I like Hunter Renfro. Nice player. He can't be leading the playoff team in homers. <laughs> you know, Willie Adamas. I mean, as I like to call him, Orlando Arcia with power. I mean, he's equally annoying as the dugout, in the dugout. He's equally as unfocused during the game as Arcia was. He equally swings at garbage out of the zone and strikes out way too much. I just have a personal bet with myself. Will Willie Adamas hit his own weight by the 4th of July? He's currently hitting 204. He weighs 210. I say no. I say no. July so, he, so he's got about a week, what, a week and a half? To raise no, it to, to, week. He's got about a week to, to go four points. To raise it that many? Four points. Can he I'm, hit his weight? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. I, I, you're a starting shortstop. The Brewers would tell you you're an all-star caliber shortstop. You can't hit your weight? <laughs> yeah, but his on-base percentage, his, his OPS. Here you go. Those, are the, those cool. are the things that matter. Cool. You know what? I, I hate to break it to people in, in, in baseball circles. Batting average still matters. You know why it still matters? They put it on the scoreboard. 
Put it on the TV screen. People look at it. At the bottom of the screen, when a guy comes up to play, what do they put? Right there. Batting average, home runs, RBIs. How many many people you think that are baseball fans, whether it's casual or hardcore, know what OPS is? Not many. And, dude, I'm just saying, you're hitting 204, man, 206, whatever. Like, come on, bro. Come on. You know, Um, Yelich has actually been hotter than a firecracker, just hitting slap singles left and right all the way up to 238 now. Do it. Keep doing it. I don't care. Don't even – fine. He's the most expensive slap hitter since Ichiro. Get on base. Yeah, and and, and he doesn't steal nearly as many bases or play as good outfield. No. I don't know Um, what's going on with his his arm in the outfield, but – it, it, I don't know, man. Like, I've had a lot of people say to me, I think he's got a shoulder injury. Like, if you watch him throw, that's it does not look good. That's how I felt about Lorenzo Cain. Yeah, he just had a funky windup. And he would just, he'd just pop it up. Like, I I could never see Cain throwing a guy out going from second to third. No. Like, really having to rifle well, one Well, he in never there. had a great arm. He just caught everything. If you catch it, you don't have to worry about throwing it as much, but... But, even, but we'll never have to see that again. So. Wow, I was I was really surprised at just how hardcore you were, like, get Kane out of here, good riddance type. Like, he seems like one of the most likable guys in recent Brewers history. You know, he had kind of a bookend career with him. And, yeah, he's gone downhill, but, I mean, I saw the numbers today. I didn't realize it was that atrocious mm, yeah. when, when yeah. I got into the when I got into the studio. But it's like, okay, I get it. But it's like... I don't know. I mean, I'm glad they waited for his years of service for ten, and that's and that's cool, and that means and he and he at least is very self aware, where he knows what what time it is in his career. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he doesn't blame the organization because he knows he's not performing. But I don't know. It just seemed like he deserved a little bit better fate than that, where you were just like, get him his ticket as fast as possible and get him on the I'll, plane. I'll drive him to the airport. No, I mean, a little bit of that is tongue-in-cheek. But I'll tell you what, I mean, honestly, it's because I don't love this Brewers team like I've loved past Brewers teams. I don't love these guys like I've loved past guys on the team because they're not, you know, they're all just kind of random dudes that just showed up one day. Um, But, you know, listen, Kane was a good player for two years. He quit for a year, and then he sucked for a year and a half. So, you know, I'll never forget. The hit he got against the Cubs to w- to win the uh, game one sixty three in what twenty eighteen that was great twenty nineteen he was great won a Gold Glove um I, I didn't really like that he didn't want to play in twenty twenty yeah. that 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 bugged me unless there's just some stuff that we just don't know where there's like health wise some super yeah. risky health thing yep. but I don't think that was the case okay. from everything I've heard and read I didn't love that and then yeah the last year and a half he was just not very good. And, you know, I'm 41 years old now. I've now seen the Bucks win a title. Like, come on, Brewers. Let's go. All right. Like, you know. That's fair. I mean, if when I was I was a hell of a lot, let me put it this way. I was a hell of a lot more sad when they did this, when they DFA'd Corey Hart than oh. I was when they DFA'd Lorenzo Cain. Okay. Because I had known Corey Hart Long time. for 10 years. Long I had enough. followed yep. his career. Sure. I had seen the highs and lows. I mean, look, Lorenzo Cain, yeah, like you said, he bookended. He was a he's a royal. If he if he's not going to, if he went into the Hall of Fame, That'd the hat he's wearing is a Kansas City Royal okay. hat. It just is, and right. it should be. That's where he was the best. 
Another guy we we you don't throw in the injury category, but a guy they've had to de- to deal with without lately was Hater, and mm-hmm. Devin Williams has been okay. Mm-hmm. You know, Hater. I just saw a picture of him and his and his newborn. Um, apparently there was some complications, whatever, and he had to leave the team. Um, but he had just an absolutely miraculous run, and he was being talked about in in, in national circles with his appearances without giving up a run, and then <laughs> they came to a crashing halt as these things seem to do with a couple of straight homers. Well, somebody made a comment to me about that the other day at work, and I'm like, I I just shook my head, and I'm like, have you been paying attention to what that dude's been dealing with the last 10 days? And I get into this sometimes with people when they rag on college kids. I'm like, "You, you, you obviously just don't remember what it was like to be 20. Because, like, if you got a fight with your girlfriend, or you had a test, or you flunked a test, or your parent, or got your sick. parent got sick, yeah. or you lost your fucking debit card, <clears throat> you never know. You never know what's going on with some people sometimes. So, like, you know, pay attention a little bit to the fact that he had had to miss a couple oh games, God, yes. and you know they didn't want to say too much, but things weren't going well with the pregnancy. Like, the dude's got some. You say be a professional and do your job. There's limits, man. There, there's, there's bad, the, the, and, the guy can have a bad day. Yes, yeah. I, and and considering again what he's done, I'm not. He's he's, he's if that happened, he I was, is stupid. Good. He's it's it's hard to say he's the best guy on the team because he only maybe, throws one inning two or three times a week. Right. But he's the best guy on the team. He's their all star. Hundred percent, guy. He's, you can rely on. He's every the all star on the Brewers. So when that happened, I just kind of laughed and I shook my shoulders. Like, okay, yeah, like didn't really even bat an eye. No, you. It's like you, about time. You've earned that. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? You know, you've you've earned a pass on Dude, that one. To, to me, he's a modern day Billy Wagner, and I hope the Brewers can hang on to him oh, because man. he's going to save you thirty to forty games every year that he's healthy. As long as his arm holds up, it just seems like that's an investment. I, I, I'm just worried that that's an it, investment. It is. I just don't think that they're going to make. And it's a risky spot to tie up pretty big, big money. Big money. And he's but, also, he's but also, he's the, the best the at the position. Who's Boris, the and he's a Boris yep. guy. But he's the best guy in the in in the world at what he does. So yeah. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a tough one because in the past, like I remember a year and a half ago, I was like, yeah, you might, I might be okay with trading Hater because his value's high. I don't want to tie top up a out. bunch of money yep, in a closer. Right. Top out the Brewers gets a chance to reload, but it's like he's so good at what he does. I mean, I can't remember what game it was. They he came in. It might have been one of the Cardinal games. They had no shot <laughs> to hit him. No shot. And, like, that's like Mariano Rivera, you know, steroid-induced Gagne-level unhittable stuff. And uh, it's it's fun to watch. So I'm, I'm glad to know things went well with him, and, you know, hopefully he can start a new streak. Um, Standings-wise, I mean, are you... Are you surprised at anything? Are you noticing anything? I haven't really taken. I I usually don't pay attention. I usually don't look right until the All Star break. I mean that that's a big Drew Olson thing back when he was on Bob and Brian when I was still working at the Hog from you know like ten, twelve, fifteen years ago or whatever. And I, you know, and he was still covering baseball, and I was like, okay, Drew says don't worry about don't worry about the standings until at least the All Star break. Just enjoy the first half of the season, and if your team's in it, then you can start paying attention. If they're not. 
you know, then maybe cheer for them and, and move on to other things. Well, the Brewers, I mean, the Brewers are basically they're basically tied with the Cardinals and the Braves for the fourth best record in the NL. So the Mets, forty five wins, Padres forty one, Dodgers forty, and then Brewers, Cardinals, and Atlanta all of thirty eight. Okay, I'm a little surprised at the Mets, frankly, being forty five and twenty four. Um, I, I I didn't see that coming. In the American League, I mean, the Yankees are just absolutely destroying everybody. They're forty nine and seventeen. They've outscored their opponents so far by one hundred and forty three runs. <laughs> just to give you a, a a counter to that, the Brewers have outscored their opponents by sixteen. <laughs> so yeah, the Yankees are legit, and they come to Miller Park in September. I can't wait to go to that. Um, Toronto is good. Toronto is. They're second in the East, eleven behind the Yankees, but they're thirty-eight and twenty-eight. So they got a good team. Minnesota's pretty good again. That's White funny, Sox have fallen off a little. Yes, this they year. have. That you're thirty-eight and you're you're thirty-eight and twenty-eight. You pretty much have no shot at catching the team. In no, you no. In I front mean, of you. you might as well start printing shirts for the Yankees at this point. <laughs> like they're not. They're what? What Vanderheide tell me? I think Judge has got twenty-six homers and Rizzo's got eighteen already. So that's outrageous. Yeah, they they got a hell of a lineup, and I mean, and then they still got Stanton. Like, come on. So Yankees might have bought themselves another title, but other than that, um, you know, the usual suspects: Baltimore, Kansas City, Oakland. They stink. Washington <laughs> stinks. The Reds and the and the oh, Cubs Reds. stink. Reds are next level stinky. So you know, I, the Marlins stink because everybody on their team's fourteen years old because they don't like to pay anybody. So. Kind of, kind of the usual suspects, but other than the Yankees, nobody's really running away with anything quite yet. All right, so, all right, um, just some golf quickly. I didn't watch much of the U.S. Open. I didn't watch one swing. Didn't you? Really? No, I, I, I actually kind of forgot it was on. Okay, I just was doing other stuff. Fair. And all of a sudden, I woke up this morning and I was like, "Holy oh, shit!" Missed that whole some thing. guy I've never heard of won the U.S. Open. But I, I didn't. I guess I didn't miss anything. I really would have liked to a couple of weeks ago gone to the AmFam, but you know you're in the midst of playoff baseball. Your mind's elsewhere, and the last thing you want to do is just give up a whole day yeah. and just go walk around a golf course for sure. You know, so I just didn't. I didn't want to do that. I was already exhausted. Um, but it, it sounds like that went really well. I love the fact that Stricker has come back from this whatever illness that he's had, and he's playing pretty damn well. Yeah, I think he won a tournament. Didn't yeah, he? yeah, won a major. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's that's pretty awesome. Um, and for all intents and purposes, people love love going to the AmFam on that senior tour, and there are a lot of people I know were able. Well, to there's go just up a there. lot. There's just a lot of good, recognizable names that yes. we all grew up watching, and, and that are still pretty good golfers. And people just they just gravitate to him. And those guys at this point in their career, they're just they're, they're, they're kind of past being assholes, right? You they're, know, they're just having fun. Tiger's caddy's not there yelling at you to not take a picture. <laughs> You know what I mean? I saw it will be interesting to see though because him and Stricker are so tight. If if in ten years Tiger Woods plays the AmFam, that would, I wouldn't be shocked. That would be unbelievable. If when he's done with the tour, you hit me up for press. Boy, I tell you what, that would. I'll get some backstage for us. He's had he's gotten Jack Nichols, uh, Jack Nicholson came. J- Jack Nicholas came. Far's been there a couple times. Yep. He had Jeter this year. Yep. Shaq's been there doing DJ stuff. So. Not out of the realm. That would I be hope, nuts. I hope they don't move it because they were talking about moving it between Milwaukee um, and I don't know what course over there, Brown Deer. 
maybe, okay. and and then then the ridge. And I hope they don't do that. I hope they keep it where it is. It's kind of nice, kind of really nice do. for Madison to have that. Yes. It's nice for us because it's close. Well, that's yeah. that's mostly why I want to keep it there. Um, I don't. I'm kind of sick of hearing the live stuff. Um, you know, versus the PGA, and I and I really don't think that a lot of these guys has Beggs gotten into much of that. No, he's tired of hearing about it too. Okay, um, I didn't know if he had an opinion one way or the other, but he he wishes, and it's kind of like me, where if you guys are gonna go play because of the money, say it's about the money. Don't make an excuse to say that. Well, it's different competition and it's different courses. There's a chance to do this, whatever. They are paying you a shitload of money to go do this. It's a short-term gain, and it's going to be a long-term mistake for a couple of these guys. And that's what uh, Rory uh, McIlroy was saying the other day. He's like, I don't understand. He's like, I understand Phil Mickelson. He's fifty. He's won multiple majors. His career. He's got a you know one or two years left, maybe, to compete with these guys on the tour. His career is over. If somebody wants to pay him $100 million, go get the money. Dustin Johnson, yeah, yeah. He's, he's 40, but you still, you, you know, you're one of the faces of the PGA and you still got time to win majors. Bryson. But Bryson and Patrick Reed, that's where it's like, dude, you guys are 25, 28 years old. Like, what are you doing? Because DeChambeau's already lost sponsors over this. I didn't realize also that they can compete in all these majors that they're not affiliated with the PGA officially, mm-hmm. like like the U.S. Open. So they can go play live, and then they, then they can come yes. play, play in the majors. But they but no, nobody can stop them. Well, they well, they can't. They, they need to be. They can't be. They can standings. be. They they could be not in the ma- the Masters. Right. Yeah, because you have to win a PGA. But tournament the British to Open and the U.S. Open, they could qualify well, to play. Qualify. Right. Yeah. I yes. mean. No, no, Monahan can't stop them from competing. Right. That's but that, the other two, the PGA, do. they're yeah. not in. The Ryder Cup, no. you're not in. No. And the Masters, you're not in. So I I don't know. I guess it, you know, you're you know, for lack of a better term, you're playing for a little blood money. You know, the Saudis are That's what you want to do. The Saudis are they got deep pockets and I mean if you're just gonna kinda be a mercenary, that's basically what you are. You're a golf mercenary. Of course it is. They want to hire you, yes. And that's what they're paying you to do mm-hmm. um, to compete with that. I I don't know if it's going to overtake it. Um, I don't know if people are going to say it's better. It may open up spots on the tour for some new blood. I don't know. I mean, you know, people like their recognizable stars. You know, somebody like Sam Van Gelder might be able to speak more on this than than me. You know, you know somebody who's really, well, really I don't, in depth I, watching the tour. Regardless of the fact that I didn't watch the U.S. Open, I typically watch all the majors, but I don't watch the other stuff. I don't really care. I'll like watch, if I find out like on a Saturday afternoon that Strickers was like in the lead of the John Deere, I'll watch it. Mm-hmm. But I'm just not going to watch the John Deere. I'll watch the Waste Management Open. I'll watch just because that's a break. Big I'll, I'll throw party. it up on uh, on the computer and just where it's, I can just watch hole seventeen or sixteen or whatever it is. That that's fine. The big par three. Yeah. So yeah, I'm. I mean, I I might watch some tournaments. I might see what what it's all about. But other than that, I'm. It just doesn't do anything for me. You yeah. know, I. Well, I don't even know if it's going to even be visible for us over here. Like, who's carrying it? Well, there's a U.S. There's a U.S. event in. Is it Sam? Now something. So it has something have to do with pumpkins? I think it's in California, maybe, hmm. and it's I, I think it's at the end of June. Okay, and I, I think because that's that's their first U.S. event, and I I would assume there will be coverage from from somebody. Um, but no, I once you get the political stuff, and I'm just out. I'm out. Yeah, 
you know, I, it I, just, I just don't it wanna... just, it just. It just screams XFL, USFL to me, okay. where it's like, I, oh, they got all this money, and oh, God, it's going to be all this, and it's going to be that, and it ends up being like a minor league. We'll see. Um, what? Not, okay, now tell me about this Duke hire. So this is this is a little bit old news. This is probably about two weeks old now, but Duke hired basically college basketball's first general manager. So they hired this girl who used to work for Nike, coincidentally, Duke Nike School. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, she's going to oversee the, uh, what is it, the LI, what do they call it, the whatever the players oh, get now. Oh, the um, uh, name image likeness. Yeah, name N- NIL, NIL. NIL. She's basically going to run the NIL for the kids in the school, which basically is you're kind of signing the contract you're kind of yeah. offering the kid the contract you're cutting the deal Shouldn't you're the, basically the gm be the kid doing that instead of the, okay all right i don't know i don't know i don't know the, so particular, how does the i still don't know i still then, don't know how all that nil shit works i, I don't, think, I don't they, think anybody does no. but yeah this is that basically and that was how the article was framed was she's college basketball's first general manager i gotta figure that this is gonna be the new thing where these athletic departments are going to hire somebody Just that's strictly be. going to be the person that runs name, image, and likeness and, and procures deals for these guys. I, I don't know. God, you just think about this stuff when we were growing up, and, and the immediate thing that you say is that, well, they're getting paid, there's booster money involved, whatever, and you know you apparently like, oh, no, you can't can't have that involved with college athletics. And now it's like, now we're here, and you're hiring people to facilitate this. Well, re- you'll remember this. And this is, this, is how, this is how far it's come in 20 years. My freshman year in college, 99-2000, when I'm playing at Whitewater, we used to go to this place in Black Earth shoebox. called the Shoebox. I remember this well, yes. And all you had to do was tell them, was tell them hey, I play for... I'm a college basketball player, and you got to deal on some shoes. Well, pretty much everybody in the state knew this, and the Badger football team and basketball team knew this, and those guys were going in there all the time and getting discount shoes on the regular. That turned into a freaking fiasco Here. where guys got suspended. Yep. Um, we almost got in trouble. Even though we weren't even on scholarship, D three, they were trying to get us in trouble. You're paying to go to school, you know? but like <laughs> now, that same kid could be on a commercial wearing a shoebox shirt, telling everybody to go buy their discount shoes at the shoebox. That's crazy. That is crazy. That's some full circle shit right there, yeah, my is. friend. Twenty years. I, I don't even know how to follow that up. Because that was like a debacle oh, yeah, when that happened. Like, yep. we were like, oh, my God, is the Badger Athletic Department just gonna, fucked? Right. Are they going to go on probation? Right. Get the get the kiss of death from the NCAA. Right. That kind of stuff. Is this SMU, too? All over too? some shoes. <laughs> right. All over some shoes. Now, I, I'm, it's one of those things that I'm also not that interested in, I guess, from a sports perspective as far as, like, reporting or diving into because if these kids want to get something and they want to get, you know, free swag or free tattoos or shoes or whatever that anybody wants to pay them to do, and that's the business's decision that I want to put, I want to put this kid 
up on my business and mm-hmm. have them speak for me and have them represent me, that's your call. That's your decision. I don't care. Good for the kid. But, again... And, and, and if he fumbles twice in the Texas game, he's fired. I think them's the rules. I, I do. You're not representing us like, very seriously, well. Seriously, if I'm a, if I'm a, if I'm a car dealer in Oklahoma and I sign the running deal. back and yep. he fumbles twice in the Texas game, I don't want you on my business. Hey, we're we're this is the last week you're getting paid, right? All right, Wild West, man, crazy, it is, really is. All right, that's a, an hour plus. Um, good to be back. It is. It is good to be back. We'll be off next week. Taking you're, another week you're, off. You're going to be going on vacation. Yep, hopefully well I'll deserved. come back. Um, and, I'll, I'll uh, be here picking my ass as usual, doing nothing. <laughs> if I, if I, you know, if something moves me, maybe I'll hop on. But okay. pro- but we'll see because right. nobody will be here to post it. So I probably I'll have will. my laptop so. down in paradise. So if, if, if we'll you see. need that done, I will produce it poolside All for right. you. Good deal. Good to be back. Um, that is the intentional file for this week. We can still do those downloads and subscriptions and all that stuff. Thank you for listening. Uh, until a couple of weeks, I'm Josh. I'm Dan. And we will talk to you next time. Go Brew Crew.